0: That rubs that crowd. that rubs the crowd of liberals a wrong way honey you can talk about religion you can talk about everything that you go to mention the name of Jesus and all of a sudden they've got a major problem with you as far as I know I was the last preacher that they asked to come pray at the County Commission meeting they had prayers now but for a while they asked preachers to come and for a little while They put Jonathan England over it. That's when Dale was a a commissioner. And uh, Jonathan called me and he said, Dad wants to know if you come pray at the commissioner's meeting. I said, oh boy, would I ever. Love to. On the way over there, the Holy Spirit got to talk into my heart about really making a big deal out of Jesus' name at the end of my prayer. And So I prayed. And When I got done, I said, we ask this. In that name that is above all names, that wonderful name, that lovely name, that that saving name. Oh, I went on and on. I I mean, I sounded like Joe Arthur on one of them rolls of lists that Brother Joe comes out of. Went on and on. That name of Jesus, that powerful name of Christ. Amen. I got done. People clapped. (laughs) That's great. I didn't know I didn't know. I got accused of knowing, but I did not know, I promise you, that that night the county attorney had told the county commissioners in closed session that they's going to have to stop that praying in Jesus' name. I didn't know. And I walked right in there and son made a scene. I did everything but kick a pulpit over. Jesus, Jesus. They said, you can't talk about that name. I was talking to Ron Beatty with Return America this last week, and he was telling me that he said I've got one. He was talking about some stories. He said I got one better than that. He said I got kicked out of. The, he said I got kicked out of the state house one day for praying in Jesus' name. He said right before I walked up to the speaker's lecture and said the sergeant at arms grabbed me and said, "I'm going to ask you a favor, preacher." He was supposed to pray at the opening session for the whole week said, I want to ask you a favor, preacher. If you wouldn't care, you can pray for anything you want to pray for. Say whatever you say, but would you please not mention Jesus' name? He said, that might offend somebody. Ron Beatty. If any of you have ever heard Dr. Beatty speak, he's got a big old booming voice. And he looked at that man and he said, it offends me that you would ask me not to pray in the name of my darling Savior. And so he got up. He prayed a prayer about this long and said an amen that was about this long and mentioned Jesus about 72 times in the amen. And when he got done, they escorted him off and said, you're no longer welcome on the house floor. Don't be back. He said, you know what I did? He said, I took my wife and my secretary. We went out to a fancy restaurant, ordered the biggest, most expensive steak they had, because anytime you get kicked out of the halls of Congress for being a Christian and praying in Jesus' name, he said, that's something worth celebrating. Amen. I'm just here to tell you tonight, we ought to be proud of his name. I don't care if that bunch says we can't pray in his name. We ought to pray in his name twice as much. Hey, that's what Peter, he comes up and he says, oh, let me tell you about Jesus. Y'all crucified him. Thank God he didn't stay dead. On the third appointed morning, he got up victorious over death, hell, and the grave. I mean, now Peter's a-hacking and a-preaching, Tell them all about it. We see the answer. Notice the observation. Look at verse 31. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. That's what Peter said. He said, y'all crucified him, but God raised him up with his right hand, that hand of power, and said, now he's made him a, a, a prince. Now, I mentioned this a few weeks ago when Peter called him in another sermon the prince of life. That word prince that is used there literally means line leader. He's the line leader. He's the first begotten of the dead. He's in the head of the line. Here Peter and the other apostles are. They're coming along behind. I think about them little old elementary school kids. They line them up, tell them to get a straight line, single file line. They take them to lunchroom. Son, the line leader, he's headed toward the lunchroom. But guess what? The fella in the back of the line's headed toward the same lunchroom. That the line leaders are headed toward. Uh, Hey, can I say to you that Jesus was the first begotten of the dead. Uh, He is the prince. Uh, He is the line leader. Uh, And I got good news for you tonight. You and I are headed to the same heaven that he's already in. I'm in the same line. Uh, He's the line leader. And I'm going to one of these days. He said he's a prince. He's a savior. And he's offered repentance To Israel. My opinion, that's probably what hurt their feelings more than anything else. He looked at that crowd and said, Listen here, you bunch of sinners. He's offered you repentance, repentance to Israel. And then he went on, forgiveness of sins. Well, you didn't call the Sanhedrin a bunch of sinners, but Peter just did. Who else was he talking to? I see him looking out and he said, Listen, he's offered repentance for Israel. Right there they are representing Israel. You've offered repentance for Israel? You say, but, preacher, Israel didn't repent, not yet. They will. Amen, yeah, they will. He's offered repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. Now, watch this. Verse 32 Whom we are his witnesses of these things. Here's what Peter said I saw it in my own eyeballs, but watch this. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given him to that, to him. Let me say that again. Whom God hath given to them that obey him. Peter said, I ain't the only one seen this. The Holy Ghost seen it. And the Holy Ghost is speaking right now. Boy, he said a mouthful, hadn't he? What an answer. <laughs> what an answer. Now look at their anguish. Verse 33, and I will be done. When they heard that, so they're listening. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart. Bunch must have been Baptist, cause I've heard that a thousand times over the years. That cut me the heart, preacher. That cut me right. Oh, I ain't never had nothing cut me like that. Cut me right to the bone. Come on now, y'all've heard that too. I cut, cut me right to the bone. That cut me deep. Oh, and they heard that preaching on Jesus. They went, oh, oh, that that hurts. Oh, that cuts to the heart. Oh, that hit in the heart. Let me say this to you tonight. That's exactly where preaching ought to hit. Preaching that only appeals to intellect won't get the job done. If you hit them in the head, boys, you've aimed too high. Heart's where people need to be hit. Peter's message, it found a lodging place right in the heart. Now they've got a decision to make. You know, preaching always brings you to a decision. When we talked through homiletics in Bible college, we told our preacher boys, we said, listen, preaching should always present a problem and a solution. And that's, I'm talking about gospel preaching. The problem is you're on your way to hell, and the solution is. The price paid at Calvary's tree. A problem and a solution. And you had to ever offer a problem without offering solutions. I remember some years ago I read an article, I guess in a book about D.L. Moody. He was preaching the night of the Chicago fire. And he had preached on this subject. What then shall you do with this man Jesus? And he could hear the fire bells going off and he could hear the shouts in the streets, but he kept preaching. And at the end of the service, he looked at the congregation and he said, Now I want you to go home and think about what I've said about what will you do with this man Jesus and come back tomorrow night with your answer. The problem was that a lot of people in that congregation that night very quickly burned up in the fire. They never had an opportunity to respond. Mr. Moody later said it was the greatest mistake of his ministry. He said that he would never end another service without an invitation to come to Christ. You see, when preaching is preached and it lodges in the heart, there's a decision that must be made. These men had a decision to make. They could trust Christ and be saved. Or they could further harden their hearts. How many of us agree with this? The same sun that softens the clay also hardens the clay. So when you're exposed to gospel truth and you turn a blind eye, he that being oft reproved and hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed. And without remedy, the Bible said. Look what they do. The Bible says, and they took counsel. How to slay them. Oh boy. They've accelerated, haven't they? They've went from threatening them, pointing their fingers, and y'all shut up. I don't hear no more about this Jesus. Don't be talking about him. Throwing them in jail. Now all of a sudden they're trying to figure out how to kill this bunch. There's whispering going around among the Sanhedrin. Reckon we could put these, this bunch on a cross. Reckon we, reckon we could, reckon what we could do. Reckon Rome would crucify them. They want them dead. Did you know tonight, there's people across this country this evening, if they could kill us, they'd kill us. That's how bad they hate what we do. That's how bad they hate what Adrian Rogers said this one time. He said, the problem with modern preachers is nobody wants to kill them. He said, all the Bible preachers, everybody wanted to kill them. Let that sink in. You know tonight these people, if they thought they'd get away with it, they'd do me in, they do me in before I left. I hope ain't none of y'all in here. They'd do me in before I got out the parking lot. If they if they's a faster shot than me. That's debatable, but I'm just simply saying there's murder in more people's hearts than you might think. This crowd they start to whisper. Oh, 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 oh. They had a decision to make, but get this, they made the wrong one. And that wrong decision led to a heart filled of hate and a heart filled with violence. Yesterday evening, I'll tell this and I'll be done. We was getting ready to have Bible college and I was walking through the foyer. And I thought I heard somebody holler my name and I thought, was that somebody hollering my name? And then I heard it a second time and most certainly it was my name. Brother! I looked out in the parking lot and there's summer in a panic. I think, what in the world? Well, there was a domestic going on over here at this apartment. Man and woman is fighting and throwing fists and carrying on, slinging a youngin around. <laughs> and uh, so I, I went down there to try and do something about it. And when I got down there and they saw me, they quit fighting. And the old boy that's doing the fight, he looked at me. and He said, "Now, preacher." He said, I got all kinds of respect for you. I hear you're a real preacher, and I hear that's a real church. And I got a lot of respect for God and the things of God, but prayer ain't going to help us. That's what he said. <laughs> I said he said, prayer ain't going to help us. I said, I didn't come down here to pray with you. <laughs> I said, if you don't straighten up, and we'll put you in jail. I'm done. I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm done. He made a big talk. He said, boy, you can go ahead and have your service, preacher. Go ahead and have your service. But you know, there's so much violence. I thought about all the violence. I mean, you could feel it, am I right? You could feel this violence. They had violent sounding music on. They were all drunk. You could just feel the violence in that place. And that's the heart of people who have rejected Christ. It's a heart of violence, and we're seeing it right here, a violent heart. Listen to me, church. I'm done. Look here, I'm shutting my Bible up. I'm done. We got to obey God. I believe y'all obey the law and all that, but we got to obey God rather than man. That was the, the emphasis of a message. We got to obey God rather than man. Let's stand together. Father, thank you, Lord, for helping us.